from my dining table or my living room couch, and sometimes even my bedroom, this is Soon to Be Esquire, the podcast. I'm your host, Madison Torrey. Hello, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in again to another episode of Soon to Be Esquire, the podcast. I am your host, Madison Torrey. So this is actually a continuation of the series. This is part two of Soon to Be a 2L. And so in part one, you heard from Michaela and Rebecca about a recap of their 1L year. And in part two, we will be listening with with two other amazing women um, that I've gotten to know during my 1L year about how they have prepared for 2L year coming up. And this is going to be a great episode. So make sure you guys are tuning in for the entire episode and paying attention. And so I'm going to go ahead and get into it and let Christian Brown go ahead and introduce herself. Hi, my name is Christian Brown. I am from Gilmer, Texas, and I'm a rising 2L at Loyola University College of Law in New Orleans. And the other amazing woman that we have for um, that's going to be interviewing with us is Chanel Johnson. Hi, my name is Chanel Johnson. Um, I'm from New Orleans, Louisiana, and I'm a rising 2L at Loyola Law. Y'all, I'm so happy that you agreed to do this. I am very excited, um, not just about the podcast, but about you two, you know, being a part of it. I think it's so important for um, women of color to be represented in the legal field. There's such a small percentage of us. And so just having our experiences shared with the world so other women and Black women are able to hear this and maybe be motivated to go to law school is amazing. So I'm hoping that's what this podcast can do and how we share our experiences. Um, I'm just hoping that's what the outcome will be. So I am going to go ahead and get started with the first question. So this question um, I actually got from um, my pre-law advisor when I was an undergrad at Dillard, and her name is Miss Adria Kimbrough. She is one of the most amazing people that I know. Um, She continues to inspire me every day in every single conversation that I have with her. I just continue to ask myself, how does she do what she does? Because there's only 24 hours in a day. I am amazed. But she would ask me and many others who are part of the pre-law program um, at Dillard, what is your why? And to always just have that as a motivating factor for us um, through undergrad, but then obviously through law school because There's going to be some hard times that we go through, and we just need to make sure we remember why we're there. So I want to ask you two, what is your why? You know, why do you want to become an attorney? Why are you in law school? So my why, um, which is kind of funny because I guess I didn't really know my why until I was trying to get into law school for admission. (laughs) And I was like, ooh, this would be a good story. (laughs) And so... um, I'll summarize it, I guess, for everyone. I grew up in a very small town and um, my dad is a probation officer. My mom's a nurse. It was like the cute little cookie cutter family. (laughs) But um, as life kept progressing, as we got older, there were signs of domestic violence in my household Mm. and my parents ended up getting a divorce. And there was a lot of things that I had to see um, as a younger person that, you know, how children really aren't represented in the legal field and Mm -hmm. being 
black kind of played a role into that because we are in a, a majority white population in my hometown. And so that became like my mission statement. But what's kind of crazy is not until my second semester um, in the spring, this past spring that we just experienced in one mm-hmm. year, I sat in my car and I was like, why am I here? Mm-hmm. And then I was like, I'm here because um, I want to be a prosecutor and I want to represent women and children the way that I felt that my mother should have been represented in the court mm-hmm. of law. Mm-hmm. And so that's my why, just to represent victims and to allow them to have a voice in this legal system that can sometimes be confusing and scary. And um, I don't know, I've, I've become very passionate about it. So that's my why. Amazing. What about you, Chanel? Um, so I basically, I had a clear idea for why I wanted to go to law school. Um, basically to uplift and um, protect like the work of creatives, especially black creatives, because I feel a lot of um, demographics and, you know, other cultures borrow from us a lot and we don't get credit. So I wanted to do that and specifically um, represent uh, artists in the music business. So amazing. And sweet, but that's why I wanted to um, become an attorney. You know, I love that everyone's story is so different. I think so many people just imagine that all minorities who are attorneys have this one goal of, okay, the justice system is broken and I want to fix it. And they just use this overall statement to kind of just generalize so many of us. And I'm like, you have no idea. So many of us have different experiences and we grew up so differently and we don't even think the same. And so I love that our whys, our motivating factors are so incredibly different because Christian, I mean, I, you know, I didn't even know that about you. I don't think I would have ever imagined that that would be your why. And I I think it's important for us, you know, like I said in the beginning for us to share our experiences and Chanel, I, I didn't even think about it that way. And I really would love to know more about how, does the legal system, how does the legal field really impact, you know, a creator's and artist's development? You know, I know there's something with IP and electoral property in there. Um, so I'm guessing you're kind of going down that road with um, some of your classes. Right. And, you know, Loyola is mostly like a social justice school. Right. So I've been trying to like look into seeing, um, Aside from like the IP class, some different like entertainment law classes, um, it's just kind of few and far between. So I've just been trying to like look at different maybe opportunities to learn about it, like what mm-hmm. internships, externships. Um, but yeah, it's definitely um, not many attorneys that practice that, but it's definitely a need for it, especially down here and just in general. So, right. Now, Christian, I remember correctly, you're interested in becoming a prosecutor, right? Yes, I want to be a prosecutor. Right. And I really love that you decided that that's kind of the path you want to take. There's a lot more control that the prosecution is able to have, you know? Oh, definitely. And I think that as well, it's able to balance the justice system in a way to make sure that everyone has like a fair trial. 
Um, I feel like a lot of times um, that doesn't happen, and but it starts with your prosecutor. It starts with what they allow, you know, and what they don't allow by police and everything else. Right. That's so true. So why don't you give our listeners a recap about your 1L year? Just, you know, a brief, short, um, any highs, any lows that you all had. And we can start with Chanel on that one. Okay. So 1L year, it was definitely interesting (laughs) because like the way that you've been taught to do school is no more, basically. Um, You can't cram because like (laughs) tested on like facts intensive scenarios so you can't just like recall the information it's not enough to be able to do that you have to be able to understand that well enough to apply it so that definitely was like um a wake-up call for me and also like the adjustment period like coming into the first week of school I would say I had work done maybe for like the first two days Mm-hmm. And I didn't realize that you basically need to be a week ahead at all times so that you don't fall behind. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, just getting, like, accustomed to how I have to spread out my work. And then a high for me was really, like, understanding the point of um, briefing so much. It's not just, like, <laughs> really to do busy work. I mean, it is. But it's, like, you need to be able to spot issues and you know, understand cases. And then also another high for me was like, um, just meeting so many people that are going the same, meeting so many people that are going through the same thing that you're going through and, um, kind of like just having that community around. So that was a high for me. Christian, what about you? What was some of your highs and lows during your 1L year? Oh goodness. So (laughs) 1L year was everything that I imagined it was like the most fun that I've ever had that I would never want to have again (laughs) if that makes any sense like it's like the anticipation of a roller coaster and you're about to go to the bottom um it was a good time learning was fun and getting to meet people and you know kind of make connections with people and professors was a blast um I remember just being terrified for my first cold call and (laughs) like having no idea what to say. And I was like, I might say this wrong. Like everyone's going to think I'm stupid, but like it worked out. Um, I think that learning the like ins and outs and kind of like the lingo that I feel like most people don't know going into law school Mm -hmm. that you're expected to know going in. That was like a really interesting um, learning curve for me. Um, I definitely would say a high was when I did get a like question right, I guess, when I got called on and I did answer correctly. That, w- that was a high for me. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. and another high was like the research assignments that we would get in our research and writing class, like actually finishing them <laughs> in its entirety with and, <laughs> right. and being able to like go to sleep with the peace of mind that it was done. That was a high. Um, and like, kind of like Chanel said, just meeting people and being able to like understand why people are in law school and where they came from and the mm-hmm. different cultures. Cause like, I'm not from New Orleans. And so learning the culture was awesome. Um, a low, I think finals time was a low <laughs> and it was just the workload. I think that, um, kind of like Chanel alluded to, you can't cram and not be like, 
I'm not saying I'm a crammer at all, but knowing that you have to understand so much information Mm -hmm. and that this one test could make or break you, I feel like that was a low because I was up. It felt like for hours and studying one thing and some things I felt like I wasn't like fully, I didn't fully understand it going Mm -hmm. into the test, even though everything worked out. But at the time it felt like you were clueless, even though you've been studying for hours. And that was definitely a low finals time. um, (laughs) It was rough. I think for all one else for fall of 2019. Oh yes, it definitely was. And the funny, funny part is some reason during final, well, the funny part, I guess was the semester before, well, the actual semester, right before we, you know, we're taking finals is while classes are happening and I'm studying, this is fall semester. I'm like, okay, I got it. I understand what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. Awesome. But you really don't know what you're doing. <laughs> you never understand it. And then when finals came and I was going through things, I'm like, all right, I'm doing practice exams and stuff. And I thought I was doing enough and I'm looking at model answers. I'm like, oh, wow. I know nothing. Nothing. I know absolutely nothing. Exactly. And then like you come to a point in finals that like, you're like, I literally can't take in any more information. (laughs) My brain will explode. They're going to have to carry me out. (laughs) Like I can't, I can't read this paper anymore. Um, So finals is interesting. People get weird. It gets really weird (laughs) during finals time. What classes had the most impact on you or what professor had the most impact on you. So um, that provided you with the experience and the tools that you needed to continue throughout the semester of the year or that inspired you or even like mentored you? Um, I would definitely say um, my contracts class um, with Professor Garda. I went into that class thinking I am about to like get handed just all these contracts (laughs) and I'm going to be so confused and I'm going to hate this class. And he just like welcomed his students with like open arms and he wanted to see how far he could push you. And he wanted you to know that you came in prepared and that you do know what you're talking about and that you have to like believe in yourself. I mean, at one point I thought I wanted to um, go into contract law after my first semester with him because I was just like, I love this. You make me love reading contracts. You make me Mm -hmm. love the whole, you know, situation or the idea of being like having a contract and how important it is like you made it important to me and if you would have told me this a year ago in undergrad I'd have been like huh (laughs) a contract (laughs) so I would definitely say Professor Garda like he showed me what the law was and I fell in love with it and I was like wow so I, I might could go into something different this could be a different avenue. So it was a big deal and definitely like came in with open arms for all his students and allowed us to go into office hours and we could talk about anything and not just contracts class, but you know, he really cared about, you know, how is your life going? You know, what are you up to? Are you sleeping? You know, the things that I guess some professors don't do, he took like the extra step to mm-hmm. get to know everyone. And that was a big deal for me. Chanel, what about you? Was there a class or a professor that really just piqued your interest? Um, there were actually two. Um, it was lawyering with Bishop and then torts with Woods. I'll start off with <laughs> Okay, so Bishop, like, 
I just can't even like describe it unless you had class with her. Like she was just on it. Like she had mm-hmm. so many resources for us. You could tell that she really wanted us to become better writers, no matter how like in the moment the stuff that she had us doing might have seemed like, okay, where is this coming from? How is this relevant? Um, but in the end, like it was all full circle because you could see like it's not taking me as long to like brief or I understand how to do this or I understand how to write that. Like, I don't know. She was just a great teacher, even down to um this semester when we had to do like our oral arguments and everything. Um she, just different like teaching tactics that she had. Like she was mm-hmm. like, I'll get up there, like you know how you when you speak, somebody usually like nods or like they smile. She was like, I'm not gonna get right. positive reinforcement because when you get in court, like you're not gonna get that from a judge. Or you might, but you, then again, you might not. So right. you know, just different things like that. And I really liked Woods because um I feel like I learned how to issue spot really well from her. Sometimes I would get confused like reading cases and I'm like, okay, what's the point? But Mm -hmm. like boiled it down for us. And then also like just showing us how to like weed out irrelevant facts and cases. And I don't know. I can't even describe it. But like y'all know y'all was in class. So Woods is a boss. Boss. Hey, boss. So a a common factor that I'm hearing is really it's the professor who makes the class and who makes this experience for us law students so enjoyable. I know um, for me, I think I was lucky enough to really have some amazing professors. So um, my, the lowering class itself, I was like, oh gosh, writing has never been the my best strong suit. But I had this pr- amazing professor and she just encouraged me and I was, I've been really lucky um, to have two amazing professors for that class to just say, all right, you know, this is something we're just going to improve on. And I did. And then for contracts, I had Professor Sen. And oh my gosh, yes. y'all, he, he is by far my, he's my favorite. He's just, he's amazing. <laughs> he's so kind. And I don't think just a person in general, I have never met like such a genuine kind person. I'm like, ain't no way he can be this nice. <laughs> I'm like, no. But like, yes, his exams are so hard. <laughs> it's it's like a slap in the face. But I just love how genuine he is and he'll help you out. And like Christian, like you said, he made me, he previously was um, employment lawyer and that's kind of where he started out before becoming a professor. And so now I, I he made my interest in employment law um, start there. And I'm like, my gosh, I thought contracts was going to be the worst class ever. I thought it was going to be so boring. And it ended up being one of my favorite classes. Yeah. And Professor Woods and Torts, oh my gosh. <laughs> Y'all, the first day she came in, she came in like a boss. I was like, boss. I'm like her. She <laughs> said, is this, this, and that? And I'm like, yep, yeah, that's what I need. I need structure. And you just learn to respect someone like that when they have their stuff together and organized and they tell you what it is and what it's not going to be. I loved it. I loved it. Except being cold. cold. <laughs> <laughs> well, we, well, we were prepared though, like, to yeah. talk about how to have our stuff together because mm-hmm. nobody would be embarrassed. Well, exactly. and she came the same way every day. And I remember mm-hmm. the consistency is what I needed. And mm-hmm. you just knew what it was. A good, a bad day. She didn't care. 
it she came the same way and i re- i respect her for it and like you said a boss just a boss a boss a straight up boss i like she just the way she carried herself i hope to like just the poise i'm like oh my gosh i, I love it i love it it gave me what is it Annalise Keating vibes, you know? Oh, yeah. You know, like Olivia Pope oh, yeah. vibes. I'm Harry like, oh, sh- I'm feeling Shonda Rhimes-ish right here. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I'm, I'm loving the Kerry Washington, the Michelle Obama essence. <laughs> um, okay. So what resources did you use 1L year um, that you found helpful, but also that you didn't find helpful? Um, I know that I use like academic success and everyone like, I feel like everyone was ashamed to go where mm. I was like, I am clueless and I'm about to go up in here <laughs> and I'm going to tell them I'm clueless. And cause <laughs> I had no idea like, um, so for, um, yeah, civil procedure. I was like, I have no idea what I'm doing. Yeah. And this lady's throwing rolls at me and I'm lost. And this is going to be a struggle. And they broke it down. And that's all I needed someone to do for me is just say, no, you're okay. Everyone feels this way about this class. And right. I just feel like it doesn't get enough credit. Academic success is not given enough like credit because mm-hmm. they literally explained anything that I needed help with. They allowed me to like even talk it like, through with them or I don't know it, it was a definitely like a confidence booster overall so I love them I, I will use them again and again <laughs> um I used uh the Cali website which I thought was helpful um they had a lot of different hypos on there so I would use those to study um but now that you say it I probably should have been using academic success because like <laughs> In the beginning, like I was just confused at times, and I'm like, "Am I the only one?" Because mm-hmm. it's not no. <laughs> like I don't, I don't get it. So, yeah. But other than Cali, um, I pretty much just um, like just use my textbooks, which I'm mm-hmm. the resources. But um, that's pretty much all I used. Yeah, I know academic success. I know just the problem for me in general is when I would go to my professor's office hours and I would meet with them and ask them questions. So whenever I was in class, I would just jot down things I didn't understand. And then I would meet with this and them and I would say, this is what I'm not understanding. What I should have done was probably just thought about it more and saying, saying, okay, maybe in this situation or maybe brought up a hypo, how is this applied within these set of facts, um, which is something Professor Woods definitely encouraged us to do a lot in class, is not just thinking, okay, it's this one law you have to understand, but applying it to several hypos because it's going to have a different application, you know, with different um, set of facts, which is like probably one of the most important parts. But asking for help some reason just was something I was struggling with. I wasn't embarrassed to do it, but some some reason I just didn't completely know how, if that makes sense. So I would say, help, I don't get it. But yeah. what are you really not getting? It, yeah. did, it didn't make sense until I really looked back. I'm like, oh, okay. I, I know. Because like you said, you have to like come with so many facts because no situation is the same. At least mm-hmm. what we're trying to learn, like the law. It's so many exceptions. So it's not like, you know, a regular um, subject or class where you just be like, okay, 
ask a question and it's a straightforward answer. Right. Or see, like, I struggled going to my professors. And for some reason, I felt more comfortable talking to the academic success professors. Mm. And I don't know if it was because I didn't want my professors to think I was stupid because Mm -hmm. I felt like my questions and now knowing that no question's stupid, but right. as a 1L, you're like, I'm asking this basic question that <laughs> everyone else nods their head and acts like they get. Okay, everybody's nodding their head. Yeah. And I'm up here like, they're like, do everybody get it? And I'm up here shaking my head like, no, but I'm like, it's okay. Like, I'll go ask someone else that isn't mm-hmm. going to judge me. So I think a lot of it came down to judgment for me. And I was just like, you know, I'm going to go to academic success. They don't have me in class. They're not going to grade my paper, so it don't even matter. Um so I didn't go to my professors. I just used academic success. Mm-hmm. So will you guys, will you all be using that 2L year or is there something different that you think, all right, 2L year, I know because I have to balance my academics, extracurricular activities. Now I'm in a position of an organization, not just a member. Um, how, what resources are, are you going to be utilizing? Even if that's academic success, are you going to utilize counseling more? Are you going to be, you know, going to church more? Like, what do you think you like, you know, learns from 1L year? I will be using this 2L year. I will not be doing, you know, I won't be utilizing this resource in my 2L year. Yeah. Um, I don't know if this, this is not really like a resource, but just like a practice. So outlining Mm-hmm. I think I kind of like solidified what I want to do because at first, you know, like you hear the professors talking about it, you hear like other students talking about it, like, oh yeah, because I did my outline for these two weeks, I'm caught up, da da da, and I would just be looking like, okay, like I haven't started mine yet, um, I don't really know where to start, so I found that I would just like typing stuff down just to get it done, and I still wasn't understanding it. Um, so, you know, like when Blevins would say, you need to do this for understanding and not just to say you did it. Right. Um, so eventually I realized that I have to write everything down on note cards and that's how I retain information the best. And just like realizing, okay, you know, this is what works for you. It may not work for everybody else, but that's okay. And then, um, that's as far as outlining and studying and then like having a set schedule, So I would give myself more than enough time to do something. So like if I had a day full of classes, um, I would only do like maybe um, one assignment for one class. And then if I had another day where I had like maybe um, one class, I would do more work. So basically just giving myself cushion and not feeling like I'm rushing so much because I found in the beginning of the school year, I would like think that I'm just going to finish contracts and tours and Civ Pro in one day. And that's just not realistic. Yeah. I'm going into this, I have a better schedule. What about you, Christian? I'm kind of like feeding off of that. I realized that like, I am better off taking notes by hand and mm. then typing them up later. Um, I know I felt like a little intimidated or I guess peer pressure to take notes with my computer because everyone like as soon as you walk in everybody's like popping open their computer and like as a professor's talking they're typing and I'm like I'm not even paying attention to what the professor's saying at this point because I'm trying to type and so I realized like I learn better by writing it out um, and that was big for me and I learned that my 1L year and so I'll definitely be bringing that in I'll make time to like work out and like for me time Mm. I feel like a lot of times you get lost in like the books and studying and like 
doing Mm -hmm. this as a 1L and, you know, trying to just stay afloat and you kind of like lose yourself in the midst of it all. Right. And um, I just feel like it's a big, like a big thing to have me time. I feel like it's important for like mental health and just staying, I don't know, like active. And so you can be active in class and be an active learner. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, take breaks. I, I feel like in the very beginning, I was just trying to like go so hard and, you know, I'm going to study seven days a week and, <laughs> you know, you don't deserve a break because, right. you know, just the big fear of like, you don't want to fail because this right. one test is what's going to make or break you. And so just like setting up a schedule where you have breaks in it and you can breathe because I felt like I didn't take my first breath until December after my last Mm. final. And like, that was terrible. You know, it felt like I was on pins and needles holding my breath the entire semester. Mm -hmm. So I will not be doing that. Um, And kind of like what Chanel said, I won't stress out just because the person that sits beside me said they started outlines two weeks ago. Um, Cause that was a big deal too, is that everyone's like, I started my outline and like I'm right. already a few pages deep and you're like, uh, I don't even know how I want to organize my outline, let alone start it. And so um, just kind of like not falling into the hype of it all and just yeah. staying in my own lane and realize like, okay, what works for you might not work for the next person. And like, that's okay. And so I, I'm definitely doing that to L year. For sure. How do you guys think you're going to balance it all besides academics, you know, being a part of other organizations or being on a journal or moot court? How, how are you going to do it? Just because I know 2L year is basically the busiest that will be because of all the extracurricular activities. You know, we have the MPRE, which most people take in the fall of their 2L year. Um, constitutional law and having evidence at the same time, I know is already a lot. Um, so how, (laughs) how are you going to do it? I ask, I even ask myself this all the time. I know it's possible. People have done it. I remind myself every day of that, but it's just, it's a lot. I think I've asked myself that like every day of summer so far. Because I literally keep adding more things to my plate. And so I keep asking myself, okay, Christian, when are you going to sleep? Or like, (laughs) when do you want to, you know, have time for this organization or that journal? Or I don't know, to go work out when or to be a mentor? How are you going to balance it all? And I mean, it's going to sound terrible when I say this, but lesser people came before us and did it. (laughs) And that sounds terrible. It's but, true. But it's the truth. Lesser people <laughs> came before and they killed it. And so if they can do it, I can do it. And they right. did it with less technology as well. That's so me and my calendar are just going to, you know, have at it all semester long or all right. year long. And we're just going to see what happens, honestly. <laughs> see if I can make it. Going to be your best friend, that, that planner, <laughs> that calendar. Yeah. For sure. Chanel, what about you? Pretty much what Christian just said, like, (laughs) I am, I always get my uh, schedule of everything that I need to do. I put it on my calendar. Um, I probably will be tired and stressed out, but I'm (laughs) I'm sorry. Like, it is what it is. Like, if I have something to do, um, 
you know, I have to do that like outside of school and then I have to do school work too. So it's like, I don't know, you just find ways to accommodate it. Like, you know, normally if I would do um, so much school work on this day, but I also have to go, Mm -hmm. I'm just going to have to rework my schedule a little bit to make everything fit in. But uh, I guess it's just the life of being a student. So yeah, I guess it is what it is, huh? Not like feel guilty for doing something besides reading and studying because I right. mean, I used to feel so guilty just going to get ice cream. I was like, oh, I should be reading. I should be briefing. I should mm-hmm. be outlining. I'm like, no, you can eat this ice cream. You can you can sit down for five minutes and not think about school. Like that's okay. Oh, yeah. Right. It was bad my first semester. Like mm-hmm. I, I watched TV for like the first four months. <laughs> Me either. I was like very like go to school, come home, do work. Like literally, I felt guilty for like taking a break to go eat or something. Yes, and it's real. Like the guilt is so real. It is. I would go to sleep early sometimes, and I'd be like, I feel like I'm doing something wrong. I shouldn't be going to bed at nine. I shouldn't be. No, I I should be going to bed at midnight and waking up at six in the morning because I you know all the stories you hear yeah you know they they definitely influences you and as a Wendell you really don't know it's such a big learning curve and so yeah guilt Ooh, that's bad it is so bad oh man and then like pretty much your body just crashes <laughs> like sooner or later you're gonna w- wake up on at Saturday and it's gonna be 5 p.m and you're like I've slept all day mm-hmm. because I'm exhausted and it's hard to keep up with and I'm I'm much not like I didn't watch tv I wasn't fun I was just like huh this is terrible <laughs> <laughs> so what are you most looking forward to as a 2L like you know going into the fall what are you like? All right, awesome. I'm no longer a 1L. I am officially a 2L. <laughs> what's what's going to be make that difference for you? Um, I personally believe like the level of respect. I know like some, um, I don't know, like I don't, y'all might agree or disagree, but like when you saw 2Ls as a 1L, you're like, oh, they know what they're doing. Oh yeah. <laughs> and you're like, oh, they are like almost an attorney. So like they are so much smarter than me when really none of us know what like what's going on. <laughs> and it's like the level of respect for like professors too, because not saying they didn't respect us in the beginning, but it's like they know what you're talking like they know that you know what you're talking about at this point right. and that you actually care to be here. Because like one L year I felt like they're trying to weed you out almost. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so I'm looking forward to not being tested and tried. <laughs> in class I feel like that's going to just be amazing I think the workload's going to be crazy but I'm looking forward to just like being like okay I got this I know what to expect right no I feel the same exact way like first of all I earned my keep like we're over <laughs> yes. here so basically now y'all know like because you know like in the beginning maybe not all the professors but they are just trying to you know, sometimes catch you off guard to make you uncomfortable so that you can get comfortable. Yes. Yes. Questions. So now, like, you know, they'll still, you know, cold call you um, to well year, but it's like more, this is just what we have to do. Like, we're not trying exactly. to be scared or anything. Um, that and also, like, 
just being ahead of the learning curve. Like I'm not going into this, like not knowing what to expect. I know that I have to stay ahead at all times. I know how I have to schedule my day. Um, and yeah, like I just know how to do school now basically. Yeah. Right. And you know, I think whenever people hear about law school being competitive, I think it really comes, it gets even more competitive really after your 1L year because now you really know what you should be doing, you know? Oh, yeah. I think it's still in a respectful ma- in, a, in a respectful way. And I think um, at least at Loyola, I know I haven't had an experience where it's been crazy, you know, people ripping pages out of my textbook like that. I have heard <laughs> stories like that at other schools. Um, but it's it's not anything crazy like that. I just think because now, all right, we know what we need to do. If we've had this professor before, I know what they're looking for. I'm going to do what I need to do. And I think the competitiveness is like going to be on another level. Mm-hmm. No, and I agree with that. Um, I wouldn't even say, like you said, we haven't had any like thing crazy, like someone ripping pages out of a book. Right. But people get weird, especially if they think they have a piece of information that you okay. might can use. And it's like, look, dude, I might not be able to use it. Like, it might make sense to you, but to me, that might not make sense at all. Mm-hmm. And so, like, I can just say people get weird. And okay. I'm interested to see how people treat 2L year versus 1L year um, with studying and like study groups and how open people are to like outlines. (laughs) And, you know, because at first, you know, none of us knew what we were doing. So we're just passing outlines around. Exactly. But now, since like you said, we know what we're doing, are people going to be more stingy with them? Are they going to like not have study groups or not as big or, oh, is your GPA this or is your rank this? You know, that's why you can be in this group or a study group like whatever it may be. I don't know. I, I think it's going to be interesting. I feel the same way. Like, <clears throat> um, like you said, people get weird and last semester, like I would see it at different times. And I'm like, like Michaela always says this, like nothing that I know is going to take away from you, what you know, and vice versa. Like mm-hmm. I, I never really understood like the trying to, you know, hide information, especially if it was something that, you know, or outline that you didn't make. Um, mm-hmm. You can do what you want, like keep your materials to yourself. But I just, I don't know. I, I know that people, like they just want to be at the top sometimes. And I, I guess there's nothing wrong with striving to that higher level. But I feel like I just want to see everybody win. Like, and exactly. what somebody like- else does is not, that doesn't mean that I'm not smart, you know? Yeah. And like, we're all, we're all in the same situation, but we're doing it for a different reason. Exactly. So like, I I can cheer you on knowing that it's not going to hurt me in the end. Like Mm -hmm. we're all in this for something different. (laughs) So I don't, like I said, people get weird. (laughs) So now, um, at this time in the podcast, I'm going to go ahead and switch to a segment that we like to call I Dissent. And so this part of the the podcast is about agreeing, which we would call concurring, or disagreeing, which we would call dissenting, with the most recent news in the legal field. Um, This would include Supreme Court decisions, recent law passage, attorney and judge activities, so on and so forth. And so for this week, we have um, the topic is 
law school admissions are more flexible for entering 1Ls, according to a survey, and they're trying to depict if class size might change. So according to this survey, a lot of law schools have gotten more flexible with, you know, with admissions to law school because of the pandemic. And they are looking at other various elements of the application rather than just your LSAT score and whatever your GPA is. So this would include letters of recommendation and your admissions essay, prioritizing that more than the two scores, which typically, you know, have historically dominated um, law school admissions. You know, if you don't have those two things, there's a lot of law schools out there that just don't look at you and don't view your admissions essay or letters of recommendation um, with much weight as the two scores. So I'm curious to know, do you all um, dissent? Like, do you guys disagree to law schools doing this, holding more weight to these essays and letters of recommendations? Or do you guys think that, uh uh-uh, we went through this, it's not fair? Mm. I concur. I don't know how she can help those, <laughs> but I just, I hate standardized testing. I will scream that at the rooftop. And I believe that one test shouldn't tell you how smart I am because if I had a bad day, I just had a bad day. If I took a bad test, I took a bad test. Um, and I'm, I'm excited the fact that they're opening it up to more diverse things and looking at, you know, mission statements and letters of recommendation. I feel like that's like, that's what the person is made of. Like that's what the person you can really get their like characteristics or who they Mm -hmm. really are. Like, I don't know. That's how you identify that person, not by their score on a test. So, I mean, I'm all for it. Yeah, I concur too, because first of all, I'm bad at tests. Just like Christian said, um, (laughs) I took the LSAT obviously like everybody else, because I had to, um, I feel like, of course, I could be having a bad day or like I just I don't know, like I just blanked out when I took the test. And that is going to determine whether or not I get into school. Also, like it's a reason why the numbers are like skewed for how people score on the test, because a lot of times like um, black and brown people will score lower because they don't have the mm-hmm. money to pay for these expensive tests. Mm-hmm. And so I know for me, I was like, look, if I can't um, get in on my own without taking one of these little prep courses, I guess I'm just not going to law school. So, Mm. but um, yeah, I feel like the test shouldn't be like one of the main factors. And also with the essay, like you can see um, who the person really is, um, you know, what they've experienced and really get to know them a lot better. Right. And um, you said the essay was one of the determining factors. And what else were they trying to use? Letters of recommendation. Yeah, same thing. Like, you can know more about the person that way rather than just basing it off a test that, you know, this doesn't really determine how you're going to do in law school and it doesn't determine what type of lawyer you're going to be. Mm-hmm. For sure. Yeah, I, I definitely concur as well. Um, I think letters of recommendation are extremely important because, it. yes, it's about... Um, it's a perspective of how um, a professor or an employer thinks about a particular student. But also, I think it's a reflection of the student as well. When you think about letters of recommendation, I know 
um, thinking back to law school admissions, uh, God. (laughs) And I'm like, I wrote up a nice little letter to hand out to people whenever I was asking them. And I was very particular about who I wanted to ask. Mm -hmm. And so if I think about that, I'm like, I know these students who are applying, they are going to be particular about who they ask. And so as an admissions team, I'm, I'm pretty sure they think, all right, well, this person asked, this student asked this person for a particular reason because they either know them on a deep level or they respect them or maybe they have a status that, all right, I think it will help get into law school. Either way, um, I kind of think about it in a way as, you know how sometimes they say who you surround yourself with is who you are. You eat hot dogs, you're a hot dog. I don't remember what the saying (laughs) is. But, you know, whoever's in your circle, that's it kind of shapes who you are. And I feel that way about letters of recommendation in a way. I feel like who you get them from kind of is who helped shape you, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. and um, your essay. Honestly, I'm I'm so happy that they're putting more weight towards the essay Um, just because we spend so much time writing that essay. I know me. I was thinking about it for months, okay? I had so many people look at it, editing it. Um, But, I mean, there's a part of – that essay is really a part of you. And I know me. I made mine so vulnerable. I was scared to send it out. I'm like, oh my gosh, I don't need, I don't want these people knowing my information like this. But <laughs> after I sent it out, it was oddly like a weight off of my shoulders. I was like, huh, I can breathe. But I know for a lot of people, it can be so personable. And for someone to spend so much time on an essay like that and for them to kind of bare their soul, I'm so happy that, you know, it has a lot more weight than a score. <laughs> oh, definitely. Last two questions for you all. Um, Where can our listeners connect with you online if you want to share your LinkedIn profile or your Instagram, whatever? Um, You guys can go ahead and put it out there. Um, You can follow me on Instagram at Lene97, Lene, L-E-N-E-E 97. Um, I'm not private or anything. Um, I really don't know what my LinkedIn (laughs) is. So if you Google, I guess if you look at my name, Christian Brown, I should pop up. If not, I don't know. (laughs) So my Instagram is Chanel, C-H-A-N-E-L-L-E-E. So two E's and then four underscores. And then same thing with my LinkedIn. I guess if you just look me up, Chanel, (laughs) but yeah. Okay, and last question. What or who has influenced you most in your law school journey thus far? Honestly, it's been um, you guys, like the people that I'm around every day because y'all are the only ones that really understand what I'm going through. Like Mm. I I can talk to my um, family and friends about it, but I mean, of course they're sympathetic and, you know, know that I'm working hard, but they just don't understand like the ins and outs, like, oh, we have to do this. Or like, if I'm talking about something or Mm -hmm. um, yeah, it's just inspiring. And then like, especially the black women that I'm around, because I'm like, when you look at our class, it's like, what, 160 of us and only like maybe 10 in our class. So that's just inspiring to me to see that, you know, we're at this level of education 
and we're like about to do big things and you know i don't know it just inspires me and makes me want to go hard it makes me proud to be honest <clears throat> no yeah i like definitely agree i have a few i guess influences like i have relatives who are attorneys so they kind of like coach me through the journey um mm-hmm. somewhat and they're just like yeah like that's normal you know, yeah, that's, you're going to feel like that right now and (laughs) things like that. And equally, I feel like the people that you surround yourself with, um, they influence you greatly and just like your mindset and keeping you fresh and on your toes. Um, I feel like I get a great influence from our professors as well, because I mean, they're really making our experience what it is today. And I feel like that's like a really big deal and just kind of like watching them move about, and talking to them about their experiences or getting background information about why they didn't go a certain path um, all have like kind of influenced me in the way like I want to move about in my journey throughout law school. Amazing. Um, I want to thank you both once again for just coming on here and talking about your experiences and really just being honest and answering some of the questions that I asked. I know it's going to help so many people. Um, So thank you once again. No problem. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you all so much for listening to this episode of Soon to Be Esquire. This concludes the two-part series of Soon to Be a 2L. Um, Once again, thank you so much for listening in and make sure you tune back, not next week, but the week after that for another episode of Soon To Be Esquire. This episode is going to be really good. I'm going to be talking about me, myself, and I, um, my 1L experience, a little bit of my summer experience as well, and you'll just be able to get to know me, the host of Soon To Be Esquire. Thanks for listening.